richtig. Welcome to the Inner Feminine Beast Podcast, where I'm teaching you how to be the highest version of yourself that has the power, strength, courage, and clarity to claim the life you desire and have it emerge through here in the physical. This podcast will empower you to use the laws of the universe and align with your intuition, create big wins in business by teaching you winning sales strategies and wealth practices, my secrets to healthier relationships, better health, and living like the fierce woman you are. I'm your host, Cynthia Stant, a dedicated student to metaphysics, a self-made millionaire, and a CEO. Let's get it going and unleash your inner feminine beast. Hello, hello, successful souls. We are here for another amazing Inner Feminine Beast interview. And today's guest is Diana Winston. So for 20 years, Diana has been teaching, writing, speaking, and consulting on mindfulness for personal development and building healthy and thriving institutions. Through her teachings at UCLA, she supported thousands of individuals in reducing stress, regulating emotions, cultivating attention, and assessing profound well-being through the practice of mindfulness. She's also actively advises organizations from diverse sectors, from healthcare to education, the workspace, and more as they integrate mindfulness. She's been featured in New York Times, The Oprah Magazine, that's pretty cool, <laughs> Los Angeles Times, Self Magazine, and more. Welcome to the show, Diana. So happy to have you. Happy to be here. Thanks. Yeah, of course. So, you know, as a dedicated student to meditation and metaphysics, I know this is going to be a really great conversation, but I think I'd just love for you to kind of begin and start with explaining what exactly is mindfulness? Sure. I mean, I define mindfulness as paying attention to our present moment experiences with openness, curiosity, and a willingness to be with that experience. So it's really about... <clears throat> how do we stay in the present moment? Like so much of our day, if you were to check into your mind, you're lost in the past, worrying about something that happened, replaying it, why did I do that? Or you're thinking about the future, planning, obsessing, going into the worst case scenario. And mindfulness is this invitation into the present moment right here, right now, where there's often a sense of ease and well-being. Yeah, Eckhart Tolle, the uh, father of the now, he talks a lot about the power of being present. Um, all anxiety comes from thinking about too much of the future and, you know, all, you know, uh, other anxieties thinking, like you said, grieving of the past or having regrets. What is so powerful about the now? What happens right here in the now that really helps us to be at ease or really be more in our power? Yeah, well, I mean, it's partially about what's not happening. So when you're worried about something, it's typically like you're saying, you're going off into the future thinking about it. And so our minds that we travel, it's like we time travel, we travel into the future, we travel into the past. And so if we can teach ourselves, well, I'll, I'll back up and say, when we do that, that's often where anxiety is produced or depression or grief or rage or what they did to me or I'm, what if this ever happens, you know, the, so when we're living in our thoughts in that way, in these ruminations, we can feel anxiety in our body, you know, our cortisol levels increase, we get um, stress response. 
So if we can teach ourselves to come into the present moment and just, rem- just, just, it's not about like stopping yourself from thinking, but it's more like redirecting yourself right here, right now to something really simple, like the feel of your feet on the floor or a breath in this present moment or the a feel of your hands as they touch you know, the edge of the chair or something. When we do that, we're coming into something that's neutral. It calms, it calms our mind it comes our nervous system and it helps us just be have a bit more ease and be in this moment and so the, so so the, so the answer is kind of like what's not happening and then here's what is happening exactly yeah. i feel like our brains are always making problems into problems that aren't even problems right we're just absolutely like, uh no i completely agree you know what's so funny too um as a businesswoman uh i i've noticed that uh, I've always went to these universities and worked with consultants who are so about doing more and hustling and grinding, go, go, go. And, you know, I, I tell everybody all the time, I get more done in a day than most people do in a month. I used to say a week, but really now it's a month. I've mastered that. But I remember back in the day, I would look at my to-do lists and I'm a big to-do list person. They're always full to the end. Um, I used to go and I would look and I would recognize something on my list that wasn't in my handwriting. And I was like, what is that? And I recognized it as my husband's handwriting and it would say, eat lunch. (laughs) Because I was so like, okay, onto this call. Now I'm delegating here. And I have this meeting about that meeting before this big meeting. And it would just happen all the time. And it's so funny because um, I was working with my clients in the spiritual success experience just this week. One of their homework assignments is to take a picture of them actually sitting and enjoying lunch. Mm. Because like you said, we forget what the chair even feels like underneath their hiding because we're not paying attention to it like smell the roses, actually feel yourself, you know, in the shower. And, um, you know, I, I asked them just for fun, what did you have today? And a lot of them said, I didn't eat lunch or I had a banana and a granola bar that I'm sure they just scoffed down. Mm. And really in the now is where you're most able to receive and like just and eating food and how you take that into your body and being mindful of it is open yourself to be a receiver because how you do one thing very often is how you do many things. So I think that's really beautiful that you're, you're we're speaking about this. Um, you know, how exactly is mindfulness associated with meditation? So mindfulness can be cultivated through meditation and it's also a quality of attention you can have at any point in the day. So it, it doesn't depend upon meditation, but having a meditation practice can help you have it more frequent in the day. Now, if you think about meditation, so meditation, the way I think about it, it's like a huge category like sports. There's hundreds and hundreds of sports. There's dozens, if not hundreds of types of meditation. So you can practice a meditation to you know, visualize healing or to cultivate its quality of the heart or mindfulness meditation is a type of meditation that then cultivates the state of mind that we're talking about and then allows you to have it throughout the day. Gotcha. So I've done so many different types of meditation too. And for me, um, I actually teach a meditation as you do as well. You have several guided, which I'm excited for you to share about soon. But, um, you know, I really like to kind of think of meditation as the art of doing nothing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it sounds like, you know, it would be easy. It's not easy. It's simple, but it's not easy. Um, really kind of controlling your thoughts. So again, your thoughts don't control you. Um, and like you said, it's interesting with mindfulness. I always tell my clients, it's not just about meditating crisscross applesauce and, and, and doing it once a day. The whole point of it is to, to really be in a meditative state throughout the day. 
Hey, hey, successful soul. Okay, so it's happening. The in-person Interphone and Beast event is happening October 26th and 27th in St. Augustine, Florida. And here's the thing. I want not only you to come, but I want you to invite your business bestie. So now the platinum level tickets are buy one, get the second one complimentary. That's right. You and your friend can split the ticket costs and come and enjoy the most amazing IFB party of the year. We're talking about having breakfast and lunch included both days at the Casa Monica Resort, a four diamond resort. We're going to have private shuttle rides to take us onto the catamaran tour, where we're going to enjoy catering, champagne, and sunset dolphin cruise. Then we're going to make sure that we have on the second night, a private trolley that takes us around the oldest city in America, followed up with a course, a poolside soiree at the Casa Monica Resort. Yes, it's happening now. Again, make sure you invite your bestie because it's get one ticket, get the second one complimentary. I cannot wait to see you there. Because I've noticed for meditation for me has really helped me to stop judging and to stop labeling, but really just learn to observe because I do believe when it comes to like manifesting things like that, if you ask, you shall receive, but are you being quiet enough to actually hear the answers? Are you, you know, like lifting the veil to see what's right in front of you rather than looking around and putting up blinders? Um, so I, I'm really happy that you brought that up, that it's having mindfulness is not just during meditation. It's something that you want to really focus on achieving throughout the day. What are some of the best practices other than meditation that you teach, you know, your clients to really bring mindfulness into their lives? Well, meditation is the primary thing I do. I do teach my clients. Well, I don't actually, they're not clients. I call them students because <laughs> um, it's just a you know different setting. I teach in a university and um, I teach also kind of more generally. Um, so I teach the basic meditation to teach them how to be in the present moment, which is sort of, we usually start with a breath meditation when you notice your breathing and your attention wanders and you keep bringing it back and you just bring it back over and over again. And, you know, one of the things that happens with students right away is they go, I can't do this. My mind is wandering all over the place. And so we, I explain that that's normal. That's nothing wrong that that's happening. We, in, I, we get we develop the skill and the skill gets easier and easier over time to come back into the moment so it's that practice and then there are other expansions of that practice but in that we then start to implement in our daily life so for instance there's lots of ways you can do that you can pick an activity and make it be a mindful activity so for instance eating you mentioned eating and eating you can do an eating meditation where you deliberately slow your eating down you might close your eyes as you eat you notice all the tastes and flavors and textures and that becomes a meditative experience in and of itself we also, you might do it, I do it a lot when I'm washing the dishes, noticing my feet on the ground and the feel of the warmth and the, I take some breaths and I feel my hands. And so, so what's happening is I'm staying in the present moment and I'm not sitting there worrying about, oh no, what's happening with my kid or my work or anything. I'm just right here, right now. Another practice I like to teach is called stop. And it's bringing mindfulness on the spot and you stop and you take a breath so it's STOP, you stop, you take a breath, you observe, and with the observe, just what's happening right now for me? My heart's racing, my stomach is clenched, I'm feeling irritated, I'm itchy, you know, whatever it is. And you take another breath or two, and then you proceed, and you proceed with more awareness. So all of these are skills and tools that can be learned to help us be more in the present moment. 
Yeah, you know, I wasn't expecting to ask this question, but it's coming to me. So I'm curious, do you look at meditation as more like a scientific approach? Do you look at it as a spiritual approach? A lot of times people will come to me and say like, you know, will this, you know, interfere with my religious beliefs, what I'm learning here in meditation? How do you address that? What, what would you say? Um, I say it's different for everyone and it's accessible to everyone. It absolutely will not interfere with people's religious beliefs. I know people who feel like it's only enhanced their mm -hmm. commitment to their religion because it gives them a tool inward. You were talking about like, like, how do we listen? How do we get quiet? How do we learn about ourselves? We have to get quiet. If you're doing your to-do list all day long, you're not paying attention to you. So we learn these tools and skills to go inward and it, it's like it's a science of self in a sense right it's a it's a it's a it's it's associated like so mindfulness is rooted in a buddhist meditation practices although there's you can see mindfulness in all sorts of religious traditions in different ways um but the way it's taught these days with a nod to the religion because we don't want to you know pretend that somebody just invented it recently <laughs> but we say that it's that's a practice that's completely accessible to anyone regardless of their background and there is scientific evidence behind it so you know if you like it do it exactly now what about um Again, I, I'm having all these like rogue ideas. I want to ask you. I'm like, I'm like, I, well, go for it. Go rogue. <laughs> yeah. I, like I have a few questions written down. I'm like, oh, this is the one that's wants to come through. So, um, you know, when meditating, I feel like a lot of times people go in with expectation. And I always say like, that's the last thing you want to do, right? It's really about not having the expectations, but just being. But a lot of times, you know, people hear like, well, why is this person having like such intuitive connection? They're having clairvoyant experiences or they're, you know, hearing their higher selves and, you know, why is it that some people feel like they can really connect to their intuition in meditation and others just feel like there's nothing happening and are both good, of course, right? But I'd love to hear your your part on that. Yeah, you know, and I've worked with thousands and thousands of, of meditation students over the years, and I will say everybody is so different. And there are some people who, for whatever reason, just like you know, just like somebody is good at tennis and somebody is not, it's like people have different skill sets and, and abilities. But what I will say is that it can be trained, right? So if you're a person who tends to really not be sure, what is my intuition? How do I connect with it? I, you know, you can actually, you can train yourself to be able to have more access to it. If you're a person who feels like you're ADD and your mind is going all over the place, you can train yourself to be more focused. There's a lot that can change in the brain because of the neuroplasticity of the brain. And so, um, so the answer to your question is who knows <laughs> we're just so different yeah. but um but you don't you're not stuck with what you got yeah no that's funny i say the same thing i joke around and say like you know we all can dribble a basketball and we can all shoot but not all of us are michael jordan or even sitting on the bench in the nba and <laughs> michael jordan will say you know it took years and i you know i mastered my craft and had a lot of failures along the way and that's why i succeed so um no that's a good point but also too what I like to remind our listeners, and I'm sure you do too, is, you know, a lot of the women that are listening here are, you know, busy women, ladies, there is beauty in the nothingness. Okay. Like if you're not getting these intuitive downloads or like visions or, you know, trancing out, like the nothingness is beautiful too. And I think we forget that we're 5% conscious, 95% subconscious, which means to me, I believe we're 95% spiritual, 5% human. Your little human mind wants to dictate what's happening in the 95. It's, you might not get it. You don't need to know. Just know that you're feeding your soul. Just like you feed your body every day, food and water. Like think about that you're feeding your soul. So 
Um, no, I was happy to hear that from you, uh, you know, your perspective on that. So this part's pretty cool. You've developed custom programs to integrate mindfulness into companies or uh, organizations. So when you do this, what does that look like exactly? I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, so I we often get requests at UCLA for, um, can you help introduce mindfulness to, it could be a business, it's often healthcare, education is, you know, a wide variety of things. And so we usually partner with the organization to find out what is going to be most helpful to them. What do they want? And sometimes there's a person who's like really excited about it, but nobody else has a clue about it. <laughs> sometimes it's actually, it's coming from like, you know, like more like upper level and people are really like wanting to see cultural change within the organization. So we then tailor what's going to make sense. Typically it's some kind of intro to mindfulness. That's like a, casting a wide net. I often do like an hour now virtual, but used to be in person um, programs where people learn the basics of mindfulness and are given tools of how to use it within their work setting and then to in incorporate it into their lives. And then, um, and then if people want to go deeper, there's other things that we offer, like we have a program called MAPS. It's a six-week evidence-based course. We've done a, a number of scientific studies on it, and it really does help with stress reduction, number of different things. So we can offer that within the setting, and we then would send in a teacher to teach that. Sometimes we have um, like drop-in meditations that we organize so that they can go and meditate, you know, once a week with their peers. And it really depends on what people need. I think it's so refreshing to hear that large companies and organizations are making part for this. Like they're making room for this. I'm telling you as a sales lady, you know, my whole background, my whole career has been in sales. It's, it's been, you know, who's on the leaderboard, you know, it's two in the morning, you don't have a sale, stay up till six. Go, go, go. Like you need to keep going. I've, I, I've honestly, I know I consider myself pretty young still. I've worked with a lot of young people who I saw like women in their thirties having strokes. <laughs> I oh my saw God. one of my wow. um, mentors, you know, she was my boss. Like she had two heart attacks. Like, <gasps> and like, it's like, it's because of this pressure that we put in and it's, it's so mind, like mind blowing to me. And we forget that we're not just, you know, physical bodies, we're energetic bodies, but mm. the stress causes a lot of the illness like and it's because we're not being mindfulness and and so i'm just so happy that i'm hearing and these aren't just like little organizations you work with some pretty big names would you mind sharing some of the companies that you worked with um yeah i mean over the years we've done a lot I, I mean i've done i've worked with a lot of universities where we've actually tried to integrate it into universities from the kind of ground up i'm at ucla but this is other universities that have contacted me um we've um we've years ago we did program at sony we've been doing oh, that i was gonna bring that up that's that's pretty big that's amazing it was yeah it was wonderful to be able to offer it there and um let i'm my mind is blanking but there's been so many over decades, oh, I, saw decades. One. I saw one and i wanted to ask you out of curiosity um, i think it said saint john's healthcare do you know is that correct is that out of florida um no we did it i mean we did the saint john's here i think i did the grand rounds um oh. for all the physicians and We've done, I did do a university in Florida, Florida uh, International University. We've done, yeah, a number of different things. Wow, that's amazing. Only reason I was asking, because I saw that, I was like, I'm curious because I live in St. John's, Florida. And oh. I was like, I you like did work here in my neighborhood. So no, that's amazing. Wow, like that's so cool to hear. Now, um, you and I are both moms and uh, you know, I know you have a daughter and uh, she around 12 now, how old is she? Yeah, she's 13 in a week. 
13 in a week. Yeah. My, both my boys have birthdays coming up. They'll be 10 and seven. My husband's birthday is next Friday. A lot of birthdays happening right now, mm. but um, I'm curious, have you taught her to meditate? And, you know, I have questions all the time with, you know, people writing in asking us, um, how do you suggest parents assist them with getting their child started? So I'd, I'd love to know, what would you say to that? Yeah. Um, the most important thing is a parent doing it themselves. Lead by <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because um, if they see you doing it, and if you're acting calmer, and you're more present, and you're more present with them, kids feel that they know that. And, um, and so, so that's the number one thing. In terms of teaching your kids, uh, well, with my own daughter, you know, she likes to rebel against it, because it's my thing. But we do, <laughs> I have taken her to classes where other people teach it for her. And she really, really, um, I know it's like inside her and there was a period of time i think it was last year where she was having a hard time sleeping and she would say mommy will you leave me some meditation tonight so i can help me sleep so it can help me sleep so i did do that that went on i almost fell out of my chair i couldn't believe it that went on for a couple of weeks and then suddenly she was feeling better um but in terms of other parents doing it there's a lot of really interesting resources out there to take a look at there's a susan kaiser greenland has a book the mindful child there are she has a card deck called mindful games um there's a there's a lot going on in the schools there's a program called mindful schools there's a, so there's resources out there to find um but my big recommendation is starting with yourself yeah absolutely it's funny um my oldest son's name is derek and that kind of rhymes with parrot. <laughs> Derek. <laughs> um, so I don't know any of the listeners out there have little boys like YouTube is all the rage right now. It's so weird. You can watch these um, people playing vid- their favorite video games and they're just like obsessed with it. But my kids think I'm the coolest because they think I'm a YouTube star, right? So like mommy's <laughs> and um, I will hear my son in the other room and he'll be like, hey, successful souls. And I'm like looking at him, he's videotaping himself and he's pretending. Um, my husband and I, we invest in real estate and my little boy's always picking up quarters and nickels. I'm like, oh, you're going to save those? He goes, yeah, I'm going to buy assets. And I'm just like, okay, honey. Like, you know, they're paying attention. They're watching. I was probably the proudest moment though, was when I was going for a family walk and we decided to just kind of sit in the meadow and relax. And my husband and I turn around and there's my oldest son sitting and he's meditating, you know, it's, you know, and he says, you know, I'm mommy, I know you teach us. I know you do this. And he loves Star Wars, Master Yoda. He's always always teaching them how to. Do it. I think it's really cool. Our kids are watching us, and it's about leading by example. So, um, yeah, that's that's a really good point. Now, I should have maybe asked this earlier, but I'd love to know what is your story. How did you get started in meditation? Mm, yeah, I um, about thirty plus years ago, I was traveling in India, and I. Um, I ended up in, so it was right after college and I was a little bit lost and what I was doing with myself. And I ended up in Dharamsala, which is where the Dalai Lama's government is in exile. And um, they, they, there were a lot of Buddhist teachings going on all the time. And I wasn't that interested. I was a little bit skeptical, but ultimately everybody was, it was peer pressure. Everybody was doing it. So I learned to meditate and I just was completely blown away at how helpful it was it was so hard it wasn't easy it was just but it was fascinating to be with my mind and then i heard there was a a free place to meditate in thailand and they would you could go on a meditation retreat so i did my first 10-day silent mindfulness retreat in the south of thailand again really hard but i just fell for it so i spent the next 10 years 
doing a lot of meditation, living in monasteries. I spent a year living as a Buddhist nun in a monastery in Myanmar, Burma. And I lived, I did long retreats and that became my life for many, many years. And then at a certain point, I started teaching it. I was trained to teach. And then I realized that I was teaching more in a Buddhist context, but I realized that these practices would be helpful for anyone, no matter what their background. And so that's when I started collaborating with UCLA and I was ultimately hired to run the center, which we started, I think almost now 17 years ago, uh, to teach mindfulness both within UCLA to the general public and now globally. That's so cool. You can definitely tell that you're living your God-given purpose. Like this is definitely mm. what you're meant to do. I love it. Um, now you have several uh, courses that people can purchase based off your teachings. Um, where can people learn more about your work and what is it exactly that you do um, with your students? So you have UCLA, which is your big focus, but I think through your website, you had a lot of different um, guided meditations. You had a lot of resources. Um, what is the best way for people to kind of learn more and what would you recommend out of all the things that you offer? Um, sure. So let's see. The easiest and most accessible is an app where I'm the main voice on the app called UCLA Mindful, and it's a free app. And there's five minute meditations, 10 minute meditations, and there's also uh, ones that are longer. Like we have a new 30 minute meditation every week, two of them every week. So that's a good place to get started. And um, I'm also on the 10% happier app where 10% happier app has a lot more guidance and it's, you know, it's, you know, more robust than ours is just a small educational app. Um, then on my, on my website, it, it lists the classes like upcoming classes and events and programs. So I do a lot of different things. Sometimes a lot of do for UCLA, which are open to the general public. And then I'll teach retreats. So meditation retreats where people can do a deep dive into mindfulness for about four or five days, or sometimes a little shorter, a little longer. And, um, and then so lots of audio courses, video courses, and, uh, and I definitely recommend the class I mentioned maps mindful awareness practices, the for daily living, it's the first class and that I have a pre recorded version of that. So you can definitely do that. Well, and that's at dianawinston.com. And of course, we'll leave all the links for everybody here as well. Yes. Uh, big question that I get all the time, and I'd love to hear your perspective. How often am I supposed to meditate and for how long? <laughs> <laughs> Guess what? The science is inconclusive. They don't know. They don't say like, if everybody meditates this long, you will have this effect. Um, What I like to say is start where it's easy and doable. Because if you set like, oh, I'm going to meditate for half an hour, an hour, and then you don't do it, then you just give up. So I tend to start students actually with five minutes and then move them up towards 15 to 20 minutes. But even five minutes a day can be a challenge for busy people with those long to-do lists, although put it on your to-do list. (laughs) Um, But uh, so five minutes, and then then when that starts to feel like, oh yeah, that's doable, then increase it slowly over time. Yeah, that's actually what I recommend as well. Um, I like to get up to 20 minutes, that's what I recommend. And I know for a lot of people in the beginning, they're like, 20 minutes? I'm like, girl, if you are sitting and watching Netflix, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. Like, come on, let's prioritize. Like whatever you prioritize, you energize, right? That's Um, right. Yeah. So I think that's, that's really interesting. And there's that old quote that I love too. If you don't have 20 minutes to meditate today, then you should meditate for an hour. Yes. I know. That's awesome. (laughs) It's that important. So wonderful. I think this was a really fun conversation. Um, What I'm really taking away and I'm just so excited about is 
really just the fact to hear that you are helping so many people. It seems like you have such a big impact. And I'm just grateful to hear about the corporations, the organizations, the institutes, UCLA, that's a big deal. Who knew that for 17 years now, they had this beautiful program. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. I, like I celebrate that. I think that's amazing. And again, leading by example, uh, I think a lot of the world is me kind of getting out of this patriarchal way of doing things and being more open to, you know, really having more mindfulness and everything. So I'm so happy that leaders like you are paving the way and, and supporting, you know, so many people to do that. So really happy that you're here again. We're going to leave all the links for people to follow you. Do you have any final words or anything that you really wanted to cover before we sign out today? Um, well, there is a thought that's been going through my head the whole time, which is, have yeah. you read any of Oliver Berkman, his book, 4,000 Weeks? No, but I am writing this down right now. Oliver okay. Berkman and the book is 4,000 Weeks. The book is about, it's called, um, I think it's called, the subtitle is Time Management for Mere Mortals or for Mortals or something, but it's basically about, you're never going to get your to-do list done. You're <laughs> never going to get it. It's never. <laughs> and so, so what do we do instead? We live the life that we want to lead rather than waiting till we finish and check everything off and then we can finally do what we want. So it's it's a re I think it might be very interesting in terms of you know the work that you do and just just how do we make this space like really you're talking about making space and time for us and for what we're really passionate about and a lot of it comes in my mind out of the depth of our being that we need to make space for and if we don't if we're so busy running around checking off checking off doing 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 we're never gonna listen deeply so yeah. yeah. No, I agree with you. I always say, um, you know, what is the intention behind all this? Like, why are, is your list so busy? What is the end result that you actually desire? And are you even, you know, focusing on that? For me, the whole reason why I, you know, do all the things is so I can really ultimately have freedom to be with my family. So mm -hmm. it's like, do all these things, but discipline yourself to be mindful of what your actual priority is, you know? And when five o'clock is here, done. That's when mom, like, I mean, that's when boss, mentor, consultant, coach turns into soccer mom, you know, and they're <laughs> you know, playing cash flow because again, we're teaching all, all the important things of investing. But, you know, I think it's so important to remind yourself being present. How many times do you go to a restaurant and look at the family? Everybody's on their phone. I know. I know. That's what's, you know, happening unless you lead by example on that. So no, that's a really good point. I do like getting a lot done, but you know being disciplined. That's the, the fun thing. It's not punishment for me. It's freedom. When I'm here, yeah. I'm here, but when I'm off, like I forget to even take pictures. My marketing team's always like, take more pictures. We need, I'm like, Oh, sorry. My bad. Cause I'm not doing that. Like, I'm <laughs> being you know? I so, think that's great. I think don't take more pictures, just yeah. enjoy life. <laughs> yeah, mentally, you know, there you um, go. Yeah, really good conversation today. Thank you so much. It's it's been a pleasure, you know, connecting with you. And um, I'm excited for our followers to head over your way and check a lot of your things out too. Wonderful. Well, great to meet you. And um, thanks for all the work you're doing. Thank you. And to our listeners, acknowledge it, embrace it, see it through. Thank you for listening to the Inner Feminine Beast podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. I check my reviews every week and each one truly does mean so much. So thank you. And also, if you want to keep the conversation going, be sure to visit my website, innerfeminineBeast.com to join our communities. And so you can also connect with women who are on the same journey. I can't wait to see you on the inside.